Hello, and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week we'll be discussing Black Adam, Smile, Barbarian, Amsterdam, and Hocus Pocus 2. I'm your host, Bill George. With me, as always, AJ Rebecca and super producer Craig Stanton. <laughs> hey, dudes. <laughs> What's going on, Bill? Gentlemen, hello. Bill, I just took a... Um a lot of NyQuil. So I think we're on a ticking, a ticking timer, ticking oh clock boy. right now. Oh boy. We got to move then. We just <clears throat> yeah. Move we have eight, this we, 18 movies that we're going to be talking about. Well, Sorry everyone for the, the three week hiatus. It's been a while and I have been busy. So besides, uh, do you want to besides, well, before we get into movies, whatever pleasantries, what have you been up to? Everything. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty much, Far for the course over here, business as usual, nothing new to report. Yourself? You know, fall, kid, a kid in daycare, he's basically sick 24 mm-hmm. 7. Uh, it's mm-hmm. basically like a Spanish flu ward in my house <laughs> from probably now until uh, till April. So um, I now have caught it and uh, may God speak. Hence the night, hence the night, well, I presume. Yeah, hence, well, no, I mean, it's just a Thursday. Sometimes you just <laughs> take a few. A few pulls when the Thursday night game is good. All right. Fair enough. Uh, last week and the week before, what did you watch? Uh, I watched two, count them, two basketball documentaries uh, that I want to throw out there. Uh, the Redeem <laughs> okay. Team. Hot start. Uh, the Redeem Team on Netflix about the um, 2008 Olympic Games. Uh, that was great. And then also 38 in the Garden, which is on HBO, and that's about Lynn Sanity and Jeremy Lynn's couple days where he was on top of the basketball world. Can I ask you a question about sure. that? Why does anyone care about him? Like I must have missed it. Like what was the thing that made him so popular? He so the Knicks were not good, and then all of a sudden they go on this winning streak, and he starts scoring, and he's like like a walk-on essentially like he was undrafted he bounced around team to team he shows up at the knicks and then all of a sudden he has like six seven games in a row where he's getting 20 30 points including a win in the yeah there was multiple buzzer beater situations like late heroics beating the beating kobe and the lakers in the garden and scoring 38 hence the title 38 in the garden uh it was just a, a very uh feel good moment in sports for somebody to come out of nowhere and be a hero and particularly have it be an Asian American who in basketball in particular, they're not very represented. So to all of a sudden have one be uh, put on those type of heroics, just got a lot of people's attention. It was a really magical couple of weeks. And so this documentary interviews him directly as well as teammates and who was affected by it. And they show some of the clips. It's only like a 45 minute doc. Uh, and I found it uh, enjoyable, very enjoyable. Simpler times. Did he win a championship ring? Did he get a ring? He did win a ring. He was with Toronto when they won uh, on the back of Kawhi Leonard. They won that that championship. What's he up to now? Uh, he is retired. I know he um, he does a lot with his church and travels around spreading that message, etc. I know he's very religious, which they don't get into in this doc, but he they have in other docs I've seen about him. Okay. Well, good for him. Jalen, I hope uh, I hope uh, the shepherd guides you. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. uh, AJ, I watched one other uh, special. 
Okay. The uh, Werewolf by Night, which was a Marvel special on Disney Plus. Uh, is it the black and white uh, one? The short? It is in black and white. How was it? It was pretty enjoyable. You know, it was more violent than most Marvel things tend to be, which I appreciate personally. Um, I thought they did a pretty good job with it. It doesn't connect to anything. It's just kind of its own little standalone story, which they're also doing a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, I believe. So they're starting to do these like one-off Disney Plus things. Uh, so this one was for Halloween, essentially. And yeah, it was enjoyable. I, I thought it was fine. Are there characters that we know in that short? No, not at all. So why is it a Marvel special? I think it's based on Marvel characters oh, okay. in some some deep okay. cut book somewhere. Okay. But it's not people that we that we have met yet. Heard. Uh, yeah, I saw that come up. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Bill. It's been uh, I gotta have I got a confession to make. Okay. Uh, Hannah and I are addicted to watching competitive eaters on YouTube. You got Hannah into it too. I thought that was a you thing. Hannah got m- Hannah got <laughs> me into it. So that's what you've been watching? That's the follow-up? Bro. I mean, my YouTube algorithm right now is fucked. (laughs) Wait, when you say competitive eating, are we talking like hot dog, multiple Kobayashi thing? Or are we talking like giant steak, finish in one sitting thing? Yeah, like, hey, I'm uh, Randy Santel and I'm in this fucking... I'm on this like slop trough in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. I'm about to eat 182 ounces of beef and I have an hour to do it. Oh, my Lord. And fucking well, we watch it. And you guys just watch that. Randy Santel, beard in, meets in food. Real time. In Katina real time. <laughs> eats kilos. Fucking Matt Stoney. Dude, my, I'm telling you, it's, it's a fucking problem. And some of them are weird. Like Matt Stoney does one where he eats like a 10-pound gummy bear in one sitting. Yikes. Oh, disgusting. I know. It would, it, it this was, is entertaining to you? One Don't. child and your brain turns to mush. <laughs> yeah. Listen, long day, work, kid, whatever. You pour a cocktail, you sit on the couch, you, you open up YouTube, and you watch, you just watch no, these no, fucking no. weirdos just punish their bodies. No, and no. it's just, oh my God. If you're gonna, no, if you're gonna escape, you gotta throw on like New Girl or Seinfeld or like Parks and Rec or something. You rewatch a show. You don't watch people <laughs> shove food in their You know what I mom. think it is? It's it's <laughs> watching people who are in worse and worse places mentally than I am, and I feel better about myself. Oh my as long God. as there's somebody in the room breathing more heavily than you, it brings you peace. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they're on the TV, are any of them appetizing? Like, it, like it gives you an idea for a restaurant you want to visit, or anything? Or are they all? Oh no, no, no! no. Okay. I would never go to these places. Okay, I mean, the 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 food grades are probably they're all B's at best. Okay, the really just shitholes. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been I've been doing. I mean, yeah, I watch Game of Thrones, but most of my time is watching football or competitive eating. Interesting. In the news, Bill. Yeah, why don't we shift to the news? Uh. H.A., a story surfaced and was later debunked saying that Bruce Willis sold the rights to his likeness to a deep fake company to be used for future movies and ads. My question, A.J., would you sell your likeness? And if you did, would you put any constraints on how it's used? No, whatever. You know, fuck, fuck it. <laughs> so you don't, if you're gone, you don't care if they just have... <laughs> Video of AJ Arvecki doing anything and everything. Just 
yeah, like, yeah, virtual me, you know, getting pegged by the <laughs> hamburger helper hand. I don't know. <laughs> Is my family getting paid for it? Why not? Yeah. I mean, we already established in the prior segment that AJ has no self-respect. So this answer should really be not a surprise. Zero. Bill, yeah, I know. What a what a lead into this. Yeah, I don't care. It, if, if the royalties are good uh, and my kids set up um, and my family set up, what, what do I care about a digital version of myself after I, I die? I would care. I mean, I am... Why? <laughs> it's not like... No offense, Bill. Hold on. You're not like a Steve Jobs or an well, Elon Musk. I think Musk. we're You're assuming like a- for the purpose. We're assuming for the purpose of this uh, question that like we're known enough that we would have our likeness used. You didn't. Well, you didn't put that as a caveat. Mm. I don't know. They could just throw you as an extra in like every movie. See, here's the thing, AJ. You've known me a long time. You know this about me. I am very particular in life, and I feel like that includes how I'm represented, and I would trust that to no one. Personally, I need to have oversight. And if I'm dead, I can't have oversight. So I I don't think I would do it. But wouldn't you... Okay, here's a meta question for you. If it's an AI based on you, not just your likeness, but perhaps also your... Consciousness? Uh, moved into a robot? Consciousness, thank you. Yeah, wouldn't it Wouldn't it know to make the decisions that you no would have made in your oh, life? We, no well, worries. that's a whole new thing. If we had the ability to map my brain and create my consciousness into AI, then maybe I would reconsider. But as is, I'm not going to hand... BG over to these marketing hacks to do whatever they want with it. Not going to happen. And there's no line you would draw. Like there would, there's not like I'll do anything except for like gratuitous violence, gore, porn, bestiality. But anything, anything before that, I'm game. I'm game with. I mean, if the money's enough, I guess there might be a line. But I would put a lot on the on that line. Can I pitch you? Can I pitch you a, a, a another variant of sure. this? Something that I call the Mister Sparkle variant, which is if we remember the <laughs> so, Simpsons I, I episode I where do. Homer finds out that he's Mister Sparkle or bears a striking resemblance to Mister Sparkle, who's the Chinese uh, yep. dishwasher yep. detergent ad man. Yes. What if it was like that situation? What if it's in like different country, other side of the world? Like, what if you, they used your likeness for some reason to be like a Bollywood star? But for all intents and purposes, you could live like a pretty normal life in the United States. And like just elsewhere, you're like a big, your face is like very I well could probably done. get behind that. Again, as long as it's in a positive context. If the people love me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. Good to know. So, Good to know. So you do have we a all, price. We, have, we, all, I mean, we all do. Everyone has a price. We all have a price. Um, okay, Bill. As you know, I'm a big fall, uh, fall guy. Uh, yep, temperature giant fall gets guy. lower. Football's on. Best food of the year, best sleeping weather of the year. We're in it right now. Um, do you have any favorite fall films that you like to watch this time of year as the leaves fall, the air gets a little colder? Well, first of all, going to the weather piece, I did make the change to flannel sheets. I'm going to say that right now. It's it's far too early in the season for you to be making those changes. I had to. I had to. It was too cold. I couldn't do it. What, what's your heat set at? I mean, when I'm going to bed, I let it drop down to 65 or whatever. Okay. Responsible. I thought you were going to be like, well, my heat's at 72 and I'm still cold. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not a crazy person. Do you wear wool In socks to bed? Do you wear wool socks to bed? I don't wear socks to bed, no. Uh, so it's, it's a whole comfort level uh, biology making sure that you're 
your temperature is regulated correctly. Well, I get regulated by getting in those flannel sheets, and I'm snug as a bug in a rug. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway. Back to the movies. <laughs> so for the fall films, you know, I don't have super particular fall films like I do with Christmas. Like Christmas Eve, we watch Home Alone. Like there's a set thing that we do for fall. I don't have a lot of that, especially because now I'm always trying to expand should I go see it? I'm always trying to watch new. I don't rewatch a ton of stuff. But I will say, when I get to Halloween, I usually will watch a scary movie the night of Halloween. Okay. Sometimes, a few different years, I've done The Exorcist. Um, continues to be one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Sure. Very uh, Dahmer of you. And then I will sometimes throw in something else like, uh, now I've started to watch uh, Don't Breathe, which is like a modern uh, horror movie that I've absolutely like attached to myself to love it or like a personal favorite that also feels fallish to me is The Village by M. Night Shyamalan I think it's a great fall film very autumnal that film top top three right there yeah so those would be my go-tos but you're you're the fall guy you're the expert you you tell me what you get into this time of year but that I, I should about, be watching I got about half a dozen uh Interstellar is one of those ones. You got a fire going. You got, you got a Ooh, bottle of okay. wine. You open up, and you just kind of like. There's no seasons in space. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it seasonally, but I, I can sure I'll allow it. You asked me what I fucking watched. I just told you. The first thing you're just shitting on me. So no, I don't. So yuck my one of if not, is one of if not my favorite movies of all time. I'm not shitting on. I just it's an interesting connection to. It's fall. an That's autumnal film for me. Second one is. Okay. Uh, there's also a deleted scene where they see how much astronaut food they can eat out of one sitting. It's just a bunch of paste. Um, oh, you threw me off. Uh, Coco. The film Coco. Mama Coco. Uh, it's a Day of the Dead uh, inspired uh, Disney. I don't know if it was Animation Studios or Pixar. That was Pixar. Good, good holiday film. Uh, the Harry Potters. I usually do... Uh, uh, I usually do a, a good take of those um, during this season. Um, sure. And then here's a couple quick hits. Goodwill Hunting. It's a fall yeah. movie, especially yep. in Boston. Uh, the Holiday, rom-com, uh, Cameron Diaz, Jack Black, uh, I have never actually seen it, but I know a friend of mine who it's like her favorite movie ever. Well, we have something in common. I haven't gotten around to it. Uh, Any Given Sunday, I feel like, is a really good uh, fall film. Oh, nice. Football. It's good long. Pick. Nice. Good uh, pick. It, it's, good, it's a good one. Uh, Knives Out, I feel like, is a really good yeah. fall film. Great yeah. call. Great call. And now you're not shitting on me. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I put an acronym in my list, and I'm not, I, I don't know what it, I don't know what it stands for. I wrote SLP. If anyone can figure out why I wrote SLP. <laughs> what movie is SLP? My Yeah, the list. It says SLP, Any Given Sunday, and then KO, Knives Out. But I don't know what SLP stands for. Oh, I got it. Okay. Silver Linings Playbook is a really good fall film, too. Oh. <laughs> I was about to I was about to kick that off to viewers and whoever could guess that was gonna gonna buy them a sixty shirt, but Oh well. <laughs> too slow. Too slow, idiots. Uh Silver Lining Playbook. Yeah, it's just a good fall film. There's a lot of depression buried in this film. 
I haven't seen that since the one time yeah. I saw it. So um, that's my fall list. Um, we would love to hear from uh, from y'all if you have any favorite autumnal slide into Bill's DMs, and uh, maybe we'll revisit uh, next episode. Uh, Bill, let's go on to the should I go see it segment. There's a shit ton of movies we're we're gonna be talking about this week. There's five of them. I don't think we've had five in a while or ever. Uh, we got Black Adam, Smile, Barbarian, Amsterdam, and as you noted in the production notes, it, no, Bill, it is not as it is not too hocus too pocus. It is actually just hocus pocus too. Uh, where do you want to start? We got started Black Adam because I watched it like literally a few hours ago as of the recording of this podcast. So it is fresh. All right. Let's do the damn thing. Uh, according to IMDB.com, uh, nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. Bill, should I go see it? I gave it a no, AJ. I gave it a no, but that doesn't tell the whole story, per se. Okay. But, uh, before we jump in, I actually just have one question. Is Black Does Black Adam get his powers from the same people that Shazam got his powers from? Yes. Okay. That's a no. That's so it's a shared. They they are they are literally have the same powers. He just got his gods from maybe one or two different ones in Shazam, or they. It's literally the same. It's the same. Like he Black Adam says Shazam to turn in and out of Black Adam. Whoa! It's the same, it's the same thing. I believe he began. I don't know the comics that well. I've never really read Shazam per se, but I believe he is a Shazam villain. Like I believe that's where Black Adam originated. Is Zachary Levi in Black Adam as Shazam? No. What the fuck? Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods is coming. We got a trailer for that actually before this film. But they are not uh, interrelated in this at this time. Yeah, so I gave it a no. Um, but I wanted to, there are some there's some redeeming qualities I'll start with. Uh, first of all, The Rock, once again, is the best part of whatever project he's in. And I continue to give no's to The Rock. And I always feel bad about it because I really like The Rock. Like I really like Dwayne Johnson. And he's usually very good, but unfortunately, the projects he is in are, are never that good. So this is DC's latest entry into the DCEU, if you will. And what was interesting about this movie is even though they cut Zack Snyder completely out of the DC universe, they sure do like to use his style because this is basically like Snyder light. It's got the same sort of craft, but less of the artistry. And they keep in some of the worst habits of Snyder, like the brutal needle drops in this movie in particular. They use paint it black by the Rolling Stones for like an entire action sequence. It's just annoying. But the action scenes are actually some of the strongest parts of this movie. Uh, there, Some of the slow motion stuff is actually pretty cool. And The Rock's pretty badass. And he's got his character has like a quiet confidence and like an effortlessness when he's super powerful. And like, it's kind of cool. Like, I like that. Scenes where he gets to do his thing. And scenes that involve Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate are actually like really good. And the character designs are all really good. Hawkman is good in it. Viola Davis returns as Amanda Waller in it. So like all that stuff's pretty good. Um, 
and the movie moves quick and it's only two hours. So like there's some definitely some positives there. It's generally entertaining. The problem was the story is blah. And after a decade plus, I am like so sick of like character introduction movies because that's all this is. It's just a character introduction movie. And like any other movie, this is the closest the DC has come to the MCU in terms of the tone of it, the having some humor behind it, having a mid-credits cutscene that like basically previews what will happen and is more exciting than what you just watched. Like this is very MCU-ish. It feels like this is the route the DC is finally gonna go is to just copycat it. But we've already seen it for years. So now to watch a movie that's basically two hours of lore to get you to know who Black Adam is when I could just wait and watch the next thing he's in and be just as entertained. I had to give it a no. Also, some of the writing is like real bad. Like bad, bad. Like my... I, my eyes almost rolled so hard that they popped out of their sockets and went down the aisle. Like I was eye rolling that hard at some of this writing. So there's some scenes that were just horrible. So I gave it the no because at the end of the day, you'll see Black Adam pop up in whatever the next DC thing is. And that will be much more interesting because then he'll probably be interacting with other DC characters. Just a standalone movie that introduces him that has no stakes, basically, is it's just kind of blah. It just wasn't. It's, it's not worth going out. A uh, few follow up questions. Uh, what's the deal with Amanda Waller? I mean, she's she is starting to become like. I mean, she's basically the Nick Fury. I mean, she's like the interconnective tissue of all these DC movies. It would seem. Yeah. So she gets. She's only in it like one or two scenes. The other thing that's frustrating about this movie is there's. It's definitely written more aimed at a younger audience, like a teen or, or tween audience. There's like a young kid who like idolizes uh, Black Adam and follows him around. So then there's like banter between Black Adam and the kid and the kid's trying to teach him catchphrases. It's like fucking Terminator 2 basically is what they're trying to like emulate. But it's just a weaker, uninteresting version of it. I, I know you said that you love The Rock and you know he might be the hardest man working man in Hollywood. I'm just... I'm. I think I'm over his thing. Well, that's why I like this because it's not your typical thing. Like he's not, I feel like when we usually see the rock, he can be very jokey. Like he's in a lot of comedies lately and he gets to be jokey and stuff. And in this, he's like dead serious. Like he plays it like Josh Brolin plays Thanos. Like he plays it straight. (laughs) And I actually like that. I like the gravitas that he brought to it. The problem is again, the writing around him is generally terrible. Which is surprising because, he, the, I mean, he's had this project in the works for like two decades, basically. He wanted to be Black Adam. like he, Yeah. And, and you can tell he has an affinity for the character. Produced by his production company, right? Yeah, he's a producer on it. Yeah, and so all the, the stuff with him, I think, yeah. works really well. It's just they had to fill in all these other side characters and subplots that just don't work and just frustrate. And again, it's also just the fact that it's an introduction movie. Here's a new character. Here's his origin. And then here's a big laser show at the end. Got it. Next movie. Like, it, there's no, there's nothing to it. And since his character is not the, you know, not the deepest character in the world, you don't necessarily need a lot of layers there. Uh, that's why it's like, you might as well just wait to see him in whatever he's in next and just go with that. You don't need to watch the two hours of lore to build up to him. So that's why I gave it a no. But again, there's a lot of redeeming qualities. And if you are into the superhero thing, if you're into the action thing, if you like DC, I, you'll definitely get a lot out of it. I was entertained by it. 
but I couldn't in good conscience give it a yes given the the, the weak writing. Sure. And uh, because it is a DC entity, it should be on HBO Max. I would assume either right before the new year, or right after the new year. True. Yeah. So it, sh- it should be on streaming pretty quickly for those who have HBO Max. I bet. Uh, all right, Bill, you watch two um, horror movies as well uh, in theaters these last few weeks. Uh, Smile and Barbarians. A smile, I believe, is that Ethan Hawke? No. Smile is the one that was doing the weird fucking... Yeah. Baseball games. Like, guerrilla marketing during baseball games and stuff like that. Uh, and then Barbarian, which is um, the new Justin Long film, which is being considered a part of his, like, his... his uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Renaissance? Yeah, it's revival uh, back into Hollywood. So uh, what do you got? So, you know, we talked about fall movies, autumnal movies, Halloween-type movies. And so both of these are scary movies that came out uh, recently. Of the two, um, well, they're both good. I gave them both yeses, first of all. Um, Barbarian, as you mentioned, has Justin Long in it. But Barbarian... As I heard through the grapevine, it is better to go in fresh. And so that's what I decided to do. I didn't look anything up. I just knew that it got good reviews and it was playing near me. So I went to go see it and it was great. It keeps you on your toes. It's not what you expect, which is why people are telling other people to go in fresh. So I would, I don't want to talk too much about it. It might not work for everyone, full disclosure. It's, it's atypical in terms of how horror movies are usually structured and work. Um, but for me, I applaud that. Like we've talked about my criteria for yeses and nos, and it's either show me something new I've never seen before or do something that I've seen before but execute it really well. And this does the former. This is something I've just I've never seen it done quite like this. Um, so I really enjoyed the the novelty of it. So Barbarian, worth it, worth a watch for sure. Uh, jump scares, gore, gratuitous violence. What are we looking at? Barbarian is going to be more. Uh, dread and uh, self-loathing. Dis- disturb- it's like me watching uh, eating <laughs> yeah, exactly. shows on YouTube. Yeah, same same tone there. No, it's going to be more like dr- like longer form dread and and some like stuff that's fucked up. Smile is going to be more of your standard jump scares. Okay. Smile was interesting though because smile. Some of the jump scares, one in particular, was like so well constructed. Like if I would have, I wanted to stand up and applaud afterwards. Like it was so brilliant in terms of craft and craftsmanship. So smile, I just thought was really, really well done. And it's interesting too because smile is is a more standard populist horror movie until you get closer to the third act, and then it becomes more of an elevated horror movie. And almost like an Alex Garland type movie or an A24 type movie by the end, which I think is cool because it could be a nice segue for people who normally might think those are too artsy or don't get them. Where like they get hooked by it being like a normal horror movie, but then they get the elevated horror at the end and then maybe it'll open up some minds on it. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of neat. The story is like an amalgamation of things we've seen before. It kind of borrows from The Ring. It borrows from It Follows. It borrows from a couple different things. Uh, my only gripe with Smile was the second act dragged a bit. You know how in every horror movie, there's like that second act where the main character is like investigating the history of whatever the supernatural thing is. Uh, that like investigation portion lasted like longer than it needed to. Um, but 
Good movie. The star of it, uh, Sozie Bacon, is the daughter of Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. I hate this trend in Hollywood. <laughs> what them have actors having kids? Everyone who's everyone's always a child of famous. No, people. she she is. Wait, one more time. What the fuck? What did you say? Sozie Bacon is the daughter. So she's the protagonist in the film. She is outstanding. Like the entire movie is watching her transformation, and she crushes it. It's like a career-making performance carrying this movie. But she is the daughter of Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick, who's like a power couple in Hollywood. And I had no idea until I looked it up after because I saw the movie. I was like, who was that lead actress? She was amazing. I looked it up, and that's what I found out. Huh. Okay. So, uh, big fan. The only thing I'll throw in one more, one last uh, thing is like a quick trigger warning. So every, every horror movie, every monster is a metaphor, if you will. And in this case, the whole theming of this film is based around suicide specifically and the trauma of suicide and the oh, suicide okay. is depicted. So for anybody that that could be a prop, like a, an issue when you're watching it, that could, that could throw you off. Like, I want to let you know ahead of time, but, um, good but call it's, out. But it's a, and I think you, I think you wrote it in the review as well on, uh, Instagram. And on I the website did. I, I have people in my, a couple people in my life that have been close to situations like that and so i wouldn't want to say like yeah go see this movie and then have them like scarred for life so i wanted to throw that out there but uh yeah smile and barbarian both if you're looking for for thrillers uh recommend them both love it uh and then the last movie that you saw this week uh speaking of silver linings playbook from that same director david o russell is amsterdam um and according to imdb.com in the 1930s three friends witness a murder are framed for it and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. Uh, Bill, should I go see it? It's a no on Amsterdam. Um, it's got a star-studded cast to the... So many people in this fucking movie, That's dude. the thing. It's star-studded to the point of distraction, basically. Um I will. S- uh, I'm. 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 I'm oh, sorry. I'm looking up right now. It's got De Niro, Taylor Swift, Tim, Timothy Oliphant, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Anya Taylor Joy, Chris Rock, John David Washington, Margot Robbie, Christian Bale, Rami Malek. What are we doing and, here? Uh, you know, almost all the performances are really good, and even Taylor Swift uh, holds her own in a small part. Um, but the the movie is a historical drama comedy kind of it takes place between the great war and the good war if you will uh it's partially based on true events which like the text at the beginning of the movie says like a lot of this is real and they make some snarky text about it um but it's it's also sort of a a shaggy dog story if uh, to use a phrase kind of like the big lebowski where it kind of just goes on these random detours as it tells the story and just kind of strings out all this random side quests and it just felt really long. The Washington is a bit of a letdown. He's the only actor that feels a little flat, both for performance and writing. Margot Robbie's fine, but she's kind of stuck in the manic pixie dream girl type of role. Um, and so the only real standout here is Christian Bale, who was fantastic. He's uh, a doctor who was in the Great War and he gets injured. He comes back. And he starts to help other veterans uh, as a doctor. And he is like has a sense of humor, too. He's great. Like, Christian Bale steals the show. 
But the rest of the movie just kind of is kind of flat around him. Uh, the same narrative ground that they end up covering, they could have done in less than two hours. And instead, it's like two hours and 15 minutes. And it just felt you could feel it both for pace and for length. And so it's just kind of a missed opportunity. So it's a no. And it's interesting because it's on the verge of being like one of the biggest blockbuster flops in a long time. Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. A, like the production, the 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 cost of the film, and then clearly how many people are going to watch it is disproportionate. The second thing, uh, over the last few weeks, uh, David Russell, the director, has been basically blasted the news for being just a f- fucking psychopath. Um, there's been a couple articles. Christian Bale did an interview that basically was like he had to be a, an American hustle. He had to be like basically a mediator between uh, Amy Adams and him because they refuse to talk to each other. And apparently Amy Adams is one of the nicest people working in Hollywood. And if she can't get along with someone, I mean, that, that tells a lot. So the dude's getting a shit ton of flack online. And I don't want to say they review bombing the movie because of that. Um, but it seems like that there's a little bit of backlash around his, his persona and, and, and his, you know, his presence in Hollywood over the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was taking a task way back during I Heart Huckabee's when there was uh, footage of him screaming at Lily Tomlin on set. Um, I remember that leaked, and people were upset about about that. So I'm not surprised. But yeah, the movie cost I think over a hundred million dollars or something, and it's like it's a very niche movie, and it's also meant to be probably Oscar bait to a degree, but it doesn't look like anybody's getting behind it, and, and it's just one of those movies. It's not bad. It's just kind of bland. And like someone will, I guarantee someone will ask me a few years from now, hey, do you see that movie Amsterdam? And I will have to look up my own website to remember if I saw it or not. Like, is that that type of movie that yeah. I'm going to forget? We had an uh, estimated budget of 80 million and an opening weekend of six and a half mil. <laughs> oh my and a gross, a gross to date for US and Canada, 12. Six and a half million? Opening weekend, yeah. Uh, That's insanely gro- low. Gross U.S. and Canada to date uh, is at uh, 12.9 million, and then worldwide is a little under 20 million. So this is just not to mention marketing costs. And you would think just having Margot Robbie on a poster would get you at least 15 million, but <laughs> when it's when it's this like weird period piece, it's not going to do it. AJ, you have a review for us. Sure do. Uh, Hocus Pocus. Two. Yes. Full disclosure, I've never seen the original. What? Uh, but according to IMDb, two young women accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters to modern day Salem and must figure out how to stop the child hungry witches from wreaking havoc on the world. AJ, should I go see it? Bill, I got a, I got, um, no, you don't, I mean, no, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't have to see it. Here's the thing. I've brought this up a few times uh, over the last few months that I've I have this positioning, right? Is that if there is a 20 year gap in like film or pop culture, right? Instead of uh, spending millions of dollars on a full fledged hour and a half full length movie. Try to do some really good advertising like around maybe Super Bowl or Halloween where you could do like a one minute spot and then do an extended cut for YouTube that's like five or seven minutes that like allow you to like bring back some of these characters and ideas. But you don't have to drop millions upon millions of dollars to do it. This is a perfect fucking example. 
So you're saying when when they're sitting around saying we want to do a legacy sequel, aka 15, 20 years later, yeah, to X, yeah, you're saying they need to slow down and instead of making it a movie, make it a short. Give me a short. Give me a pilot. Give me an ad campaign for fucking Reese's for for Halloween or whatever. Got it. Right. Okay. Yep. Do something like that, and then and then we'll put it all the way in. Let's just let's just back it up a little bit. Okay. Okay. Here's the problem with this movie. When the Sanderson sisters are brought back, that first 15 minutes when they're in the year 2022 and they walk into a Walgreens store for the first time is fucking comedic goddamn gold. Like, Bette Midler, top of her game, like, <laughs> amazing. Like, the automatic doors open and they think that they're, like, they're they're powering their witchcraft with it. Like, things like that. It's it's classic like, fish out of water they have like, humor. They have, like, aging serum at, like, the at like the elf counter in Walgreens. And they're just eating aging serum because they're reading what's on the bottle. And it's just, like, they're eating all these face creams and hand creams. And it's it's hysterical. And Should then have been like, a Walgreens, a Walgreens ad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Buy, buy your candy at Walgreens this ha- Halloween season brought to you by the Sanderson sisters. Yeah. Yep. Guys, it's not that fucking hard. Okay. <laughs> the whole movie, they're chasing this MacGuffin of uh, what's his name? Is it Tony McHale or Tony Hale? Tony Hale, the actor is like the MacGuffin they're chasing. He's like the buster, buster from. Yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> go. Here's five dollars. Go see a Star Wars. They're chasing him. The whole movie, they get they get to that point. And then they maybe spend 30 seconds on it. And then it just like turns and they just go in a completely another direction. Hmm. It's just, it's fan service, right? Like I grew up watching movies. It's one of my favorite Halloween movies. I love Hocus Pocus one, but um, I, I get who they made it for. They made it for people like me, but they do it in a way that's so disappointing where they don't give the fans exactly what they need. And they don't make a lasting impression to make new viewers of the series want to go back and watch Hocus Pocus 1 because they had such a good time watching Hocus Pocus 2. Do they leave it open to the, this is going to become a potential like Disney Plus like thing, annual thing? Yeah, they like leave it open at the end where like you think it's like, all right, it's like it's done forever. They're like in the gates of hell with Lucifer. Like that's it. And then there's like this after scenes fucking and you're like, like what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? And it, it sucks too because like Bette Midler, like, front and center. And then Kathy Najimy and Sarah Jessica Parker are the two other Sanderson sisters. They were amazing, and their personalities were – their characters were incredible in the first one. They are completely underused and overshadowed by, like, putting all the eggs in the Bette Midler basket. Mm -hmm. There's also a thing in Hocus Pocus 1 where they do a big musical number to get the whole town uh, basically enchanted, right? They sing I Put a Spell on You at, like, the Halloween dance. They do two different ver. They do two other song and dance numbers in that. That's basically just copying what they did in the first one. Yeah, retreading. Yep, it's exactly. So um, skip it. It's worth it. You can probably find a cut on um, YouTube of watching the, the 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 scene where they're in Walgreens. You'll get a good amount of chuckles, and then after that, it's like, don't ever, don't ever buffer that. Load it up. Got it. Got it. Hard pass. All right, good to know. Good to know. It's weird being on the other side of the mic here, Bill. <laughs> How'd I do? I feel did like great. I did. I rambled. Okay, no, cool. you did great. Took us through it. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, Bill. Um, next segment: Netflix and Bill. What have you been watching on television? So, She Hulk had its finale. 
which I did watch. I heard. It was a polarizing okay. finale. Some people did not like it. Some people really loved it. I, Internet's on fire. I, know. I fell into the love camp. I will say the last two episodes of She-Hulk were astronomically better than every other episode combined. Because the second to last episode, they bring in Daredevil. And their interplay is like magic. Just magnificent. So funny. So great. Just You, you just love that team up so much. So that episode was incredible. It's the best of the season. And then the finale uh, includes Daredevil, but it also um, wraps things up. And there's some meta humor and some stuff in it that sometimes will turn people off. But I personally dug it. So She-Hulk, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the finale. I liked it a lot. So I'll definitely be back for that show, even though the first few episodes were like kind of weak. But I'll, I'll go back to it. Love it. Okay. What else? And then... You know, it's the segment is Netflix and Bill, so I kept two things that are specifically Netflix. Uh, one is Facing Nolan, baseball documentary about Nolan Ryan. Uh, funny thing about Nolan Ryan, I know a lot of uh, people I grew up with, avid baseball fans, and like half of them uh, had named their sons uh, Nolan after Nolan Ryan. Really? Yeah. Weird, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's solid sports uh, biography. Uh, there is an occasional narrator, which kind of felt a little forced. I didn't really need that. Um, I prefer nowadays my documentaries to not have narrators at this point. Me too. Uh, when they focus on the baseball and the history and the records and the archival footage, I think that's when it really excels. But they do spend a lot of time on family life and more cradle to grave type of stuff. Well, he's not dead, but you know what I mean. Uh, figure speech. Uh, but there's some great anecdotes about bench clearing brawls and stuff. Uh, so it's entertaining. I, I dug it. I thought it was really interesting. Love it. And then I also watched the Netflix original film Lou with Allison Janney, a.k.a. C.J. Craig, where she gets her own sort of taken treatment, if you will. She's the uh, Liam Neeson? Yes. Yep. I uh, can't see it. Yeah. If, if I were to give it a, a, a Sigsy rating, it's going to be a no. Um, it does take place in the 80s, which is kind of a different change of pace, uh, which was kind of different. And, you know, it's it's okay. The story's fine. Um it does an in-media res cold open and then backtracks, which is super annoying. Um, she's really good in it, but some of the other actors in it just do not hold up to what she's doing on screen. So it's just, they're kind of weak by comparison. So I don't know. I, I I didn't love it. Yeah, I saw a trailer for it and I just, I couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't do it. I mean, she's good in everything. She's good. She's good. I mean, her getting that opportunity exactly her getting that opportunity is 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 great i just wish that they built it out more made it a proper theater movie got got a little more behind it as a netflix original it's just kind of blah what what's coming down the the pike uh well you and i are about to see something <sighs> film related which is whiplash in concert i am so fucking excited to see this yes whiplash phenomenal film we've talked about it, i'm sure many times if you have not seen it you must but we are going to see uh, the con the composer of the original music from that film conduct a live jazz band as they orchestrate, if you will, the score for the film while the film is projected behind them. So it's basically like a live version of that movie as we as we watch it. Eighteen piece jazz band, which they're performing all of the jazz big band parts and all of the jazz solos. I mean, the drum solos in sync with what's being. Sh shown on the screen it's gonna be fucking insane dude. i can't wait it's gonna be awesome i can't wait uh orpheum theater next friday they're actually only doing three um they're doing th 
three of these on the tour. It's it's here. They go to Toronto on the 30th, and then they go um, to another place in Ontario, Canada on the on the first. So we're uh, we're we're one of very few people that get to see this live. I'm pretty excited. I I remember I saw I don't even know where it popped up somewhere that tickets were a thing and this was a thing and I immediately just started buying tickets and I'm yeah. like I'll figure I out. You, I, was, I don't later. care we how gotta, much money it is. We're I'm going <laughs> yeah. to it. We gotta go. So that's coming up, and then I have two tickets uh, secured to see uh, Wakanda Forever on opening day and Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel. So Glass Onion is a Netflix film. But they are doing a limited in-theater release, so I bought a ticket to see it in theaters because I feel like it's it's worth same it. Same day? Same day on Netflix? It's same day is in the theaters? I'm not sure how the timing goes, uh, to be honest. I have to look at that. But, I mean, a Ryan Johnson film, Daniel Craig returning. Like, uh, I got to see it in theaters. I got to. Did you buy me a ticket And then, of that? course, uh, I did not. Would you like me to? Are you doing Framingham? I got to check. I don't we'll, remember. We'll, we'll take it off here. We'll take that offline. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, Wakanda Forever, the next MCU movie, which I have watched zero trailers. I've not seen a single frame. I'm ready to go in fresh, and I'm excited about it. It looks booty, but uh, you'll probably like it. All right. Uh, yeah, hey, we hit right. our timing absolutely perfect. Bill, it was a pleasure getting to see you and talk to you after a few weeks hiatus. We're in fall, y'all. Uh, take us away. Thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast. Please make sure to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It and purchase some merch at Should I Go See It.redbubble.com. 